Hi, hello, welcome to 100 Steps to Drag, the podcast where I, Natasha Hundreds, sits down with different drag artists and ask them, how are you this amazing drag figure, fabulous? And speaking of fabulous, I do have a great guest all the way from the East Coast in the USA. She is beautiful. I went through her Instagram stalking her like I do with all my guests and I'm like, Wow. My mouth was on the floor. Like the versatility, the artistry. Please welcome Sin. Hello, hello, hello. That was an amazing intro. I love that. Oh, thank you. Thank usually you. At, usually at a drag show, it's like, please welcome to the stage. And that's it. That's all we get. <laughs> <laughs> I love So that. we can live our celebrity fantasy. I know. Great. Sin, how are you doing this lovely Tuesday? This lovely Monday. <laughs> I know. I wish it was a Tuesday. I'm doing good trying to get through the week again after the weekend of drag. So (laughs) trying to get through it. I know the body is definitely aching at this point. Do you do drag full time? I feel like I do. I have a day job as well. So that is my full time job. But I do drag as well during the week at night and then on the weekend. So it's basically two full time jobs. It is exhausting. I also have a full time job. A boy job, I like to call it a, my boy job, yeah. which I just clocked out. <laughs> and I'm like, well, uh, I have so many other things going on. I have to finish an outfit and this yep. and then edit. But honestly, I wouldn't want it any other way. I know. And I, I sometimes think about like, oh, maybe I could just quit my my boy job and just do drag and obviously take a pay cut. But I kind of like the the rush of like getting off work and um doing that to myself like rushing but I mean that's also a time management thing (laughs) I know it's very tempting to quit my boy job too I'm like oh should I should I not yeah but I like the security I like the security I'm not gonna lie and I know that drag I mean the pandemic thought is that entertainment is one of the many things that is gonna go off the window if something like that happens so for now we're keeping it I know, I know. That health insurance is real nice. <laughs> it's real nice. That Those yes, paytime vacation days are real nice. <laughs> yes, they are. For those people that have been listening for a while, usually we just go and tell our stories, which we're going to do. But today we're talking about the drag scene in particular. So Sin, how is the drag scene and where you live? You live in Long Island, right? Yes, I live in Long Island, New York. It's about an hour drive from to New York City. Uh, I live in Suffolk County. So the drag scene where I'm at in New York is very interesting. You'd think it would be kind of like the hustle and bustle of New York City and a lot of shows, but it kind of is sporadic and it took a lot of work on my end and other queens end to get where it is now. So it's very interesting. There's not there's no weekly shows. It doesn't work like that. It's all monthly shows, but the thing is, for me, especially, I have about 10 monthly shows, so they feel kind of like a weekly show almost, if that makes sense. It is. I mean, I can. I used to have a weekly show for like two months, <laughs> time record, but yes. and it was exhausting to like, you know, come up with the cast and yep. you know, book it and making sure I have everyone's music, all the instructions, everything that goes behind the scene. And that's only for one venue. So I cannot imagine how to deal with different venues, maybe different themes. Oh my goodness. How do you keep up with that? So I made it really easy for myself. I have a drag business partner. Her name is Ivy Stalls. So I kind of only exclusively work with her. 
and we do bingos, we do fundraisers, we do private parties. It's almost kind of like a little drag business. That way we can just go into these places with our set agenda. If we want like a change it up and do a theme, we kind of just go into these places and tell them what it's like. So there's only one gay bar on Long Island and we don't even work with them. We work in all these straight venues. So we kind of just go in there Tell them this is our rundown of the show. It's very simple. If you follow this formula, you'll have a successful night. And that way we can kind of not put so much stress on us. We kind of just take our our product and go into these places. And that way everything is in our control. And also my husband is our DJ. So it's kind of like a little package deal. And I also don't have to worry about a cast of girls. It's just me and my business partner and my husband. And that's it. That is very smart. I'm like, I okay, I should be taking notes because that is great. You're a businesswoman, mama. <laughs> I know. When I first started, obviously, like coming into the drag scene as a baby queen, we did the shows with the girls of like 15 casts sometime. And it would just get everyone because it was starting up. So get everyone to do one show, get them all the opportunity. But once I started to see we're not making enough money and we need to like really do something here, um, I started to think more about it like a business and a product that we're offering. What came first, you starting drag or you moving to Long Island? Okay, so I went to school at Syracuse University and I was doing special effects makeup on myself just to practice. And because I always had a love of makeup um, and theater and all that. And then that kind of formed into drag and like just not really going out, just painting myself in my drag room. And then when I graduated college, I moved to Long Island with my husband so that was the first step, but it kind of like, as we were moving, drag was happening at the same time, like no furniture in our first apartment, but I was painting my face. So it was like very at the same time. So that's how it kind of went down. And really, as soon as I got to Long Island, I just like took off. There was a couple of queens doing things. There was like the queens that have been doing stuff for like 15 years, those types of queens. And it was kind of just the same thing over and over and over again. So I decided to come in and just start a competition at a local youth center. And I was like, listen, I have no experience, but I want to change up the scene. Like we need to provide safe spaces for these young people and opportunities for these people to perform and show off their craft. So I started a small competition, had 10 queens compete every month and from there, the drag scene just kind of went wild. It sounds like it is wild. I love it. I need to do a little trip to Long Island, check it out. I know. I know. I wish there was more like gay spaces and um, queer bars and things like that. I obviously wanted to make money. So I perform for straight people and straight venues. But the queens that have came from that competition, they are going off to the city and doing all these amazing things. So they're kind of all like my little drag babies at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I watched them grow and I grew in as, as a performer and in a, as a host. That's what I love to do. I love to host. I love to be the party girl. So it helped me grow as well. Now that you yes. mentioned that you perform in a lot of straight venues, this is a reoccurring issue for me because I try mm. to do that as well, you know, perform at maybe restaurants that want to have a drag show or places that are not conventionally a gay bar. But mm -hmm. sometimes the dressing room or what they, give us a dressing room is just not the tea like they put us in like a bathroom or yes. a broom closet and honestly my heart breaks every time I get that because if you think about it if you book 
a live artist, if they're not going to put them in a bathroom to change, right? If mm -hmm. someone's playing the guitar or whatever, you're not going to do that. So did you have to go through a lot of that too? Definitely. And I mean, obviously, like when I first started doing that competition and those smaller shows, it was it wasn't even a bathroom. It was like the hallway to the bathroom because there was only one bathroom. So like guests would just pass 10 drag queens as we're getting ready or on the pool table. Like that was our dressing room. So I definitely had those moments. And like I said, I had to one, start making more money and two, change things up and how drag entertainers are treated on Long Island. And that's why I created a product almost a business. And within that business, it's kind of like a contract we started. We said, this is A, B, and C. We need air conditioning. We need um, drinks. We need ample amount of room to get ready and keep our stuff. And it needs to be safe and clean. So that's all set in these guidelines when we go to these businesses. And the number one rule is if that A, B, and C is not happening, the show is not happening. So it sounds kind of like we are strict, but I think you have to be with these places because they don't know what they have no idea. Like you said, they have guitar players and they don't need a dressing room. They just come do their thing and leave. So it's like we had to start the rules and set the rules. That is super smart. I think I'm going to start doing that too, because again, it's not comfortable. Like I one no. time had to get ready in a bathroom that had no mirror that didn't have a fan or anything. And it was the middle of July with three other girls there. I'm like, oh, oh my God. It was yes. it was just a mess. I think it's not their fault necessarily because again, mm -hmm. they are in their best interest of wanting to have a drag queens and have a drag show, but they just don't know any better. Yeah, that's the thing. And also the queens sometimes don't know any better, especially if they're newer queens. They see other shows in bigger cities and they think, oh, that's like the bar just knows what to do. And it's like, no, they don't know, especially places like Long Island. It's a big place, but sometimes it's very small minded. So you need to open their minds to what entertainers need and you need to set those boundaries and rules and what you're going to deliver. I'm only going to be on stage for an hour and a half. I'm not going to be doing a four hour show, even if it's a fundraiser, like there's, this is the agenda, like I said, so you have to go into these places and kind of tell them what it's like and what it is that you're delivering. Seriously, you have to tell them, yeah, you're right. We're very used to when we start drag. Oh, maybe that's, they know what to do, but really sometimes they, the places yeah. they don't. <laughs> no, girl. And then you get there and it's like the bathroom with no lighting and oh no, no, I can't. And my product, what I'm delivering is makeup, transformation, glamour. And it's like, if, if that's not the key point of the drag and that's not coming through on stage because it was sweaty in the bathroom, it's not going to work. I'm sorry. <laughs> not happening it's a really fun product i was just watching your scream mix and yes. it's really fun i'm like oh yes. my god i love a queen that doesn't mix that makes sense that has dialogue that the songs make sense with the dialogue it's oh so yeah See, yeah those are the flip phone events in new york city um i i do those with flip phone events and sugar cane as the host so they do themed brunches almost every weekend obviously that's completely different from long island that's catered to gay people, not just gay people, but a lot of gay people. So it's a little bit different and it's a lot more fun. <laughs> I bet. I love performing yes. for the gays. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a lot more fun and it's New York City. So. So how did you manage to break through the drag scene in New York City? So definitely with the help of Sugar Cane, she is my drag mother. 
she kind of helped me or introduced me to a lot of people and gave me some bookings um, at hardware. And then she got on Drag Race. So that elevated <laughs> her name a lot. Uh, that helped, thank God. And then uh, she got a gig at Macy's doing these flip phone event brunches. And she got me in there. And the rest is her story. I love yeah. Sugar. I met her at DragCon LA this past May. I think it was in mm -hmm. May. So adorable. Oh yes. my God. I'm obsessed with her. I want to be like her when I grow up. I know. She's sweet as sugar. We love her. Oh, I love her too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yes, we love her. How did you meet her? So I met her at her show at Pieces Bar before Drag Race. I would just go there after work with some friends. And it was kind of like my first time seeing a, a weekly drag show it was on a Wednesday. And I was like, oh my God, this is a lot of work. Like I kind of saw the inner workings of a drag show. I stopped looking at it as like, a fan and just kind of like seeing how they would speak on the mic and how they would interact with the DJ and things like that. And that's kind of where I picked up on like hosting notes and was like, oh, I really think I could host like I love hosting and being on a mic. And that's where I met her. And then it just went down like that. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to a direct show. I'm going to class, mama. I'm, I'm going notes. to take notes, <laughs> literally. And that's what I like observing. I'm very quiet as a boy. And I, I just was like watching and seeing how things work and I was in Long Island and I was like I wish we had like something like this so I made it happen <laughs> honestly sometimes you do have to make things happen for yourself you cannot just sit around and wait for a show to pop up sometimes mm -hmm. especially if you live in communities where drag is not very common or where there's not yes. a lot of gay bars like you said in Long Island you definitely have to make things happen for yourself no yeah I agree and also there was a huge drag scene on Long Island years and years ago. It was there was a lot of drag. There was obviously Fire Island drag, and then there was all of Long Island drag in Nassau County, Suffolk County, and Queens. Um, and then it just the gay bars just started shutting down, and then it died down. And only two or three remain, the ones that have been doing it for 10, 15 years. And then I came in and shook things up. <laughs> You're like new era. <laughs> yes, new era. Let let's change it up. Um, let's do it, and I'm doing it ever since. So yeah, you definitely have to make things for yourself happen. If you could give one piece of advice of somebody that is trying to break into the drag scene, that it's probably been a bedroom queen like a lot of us have been. Mm -hmm. uh, what is your first advice that you would tell somebody? Hey, you know, you this is the first thing you need to do to start breaking through and getting noticed. I would tell them to definitely go out in drag to those shows that you like. I know that's what everyone says to do. You have to get out there. But I think it's so important to show your face and really just like get to know the host of the show. That's the most important thing to do because we can book you and we could like book you as a guest. It's our future and it's our job, these shows. So we need to make sure that we're booking someone that can deliver a product as well. So Get your name out there. Make sure your socials are up to par too. Like we want to see that you know how to promote shows and we also want to see if you look good and you know how to come into a complete outfit and all of that. So yeah, just get out there in drag. You don't have to be the most craziest drag glamour or whatever. You can do whatever you want. Just get out there. Literally talk to the show. That's how I... Also got noticed here in Long Beach. It's a competitive scene because it's near LA. So there's so many drag queens. I know. I see that. <laughs> so many, especially after the pandemic. It was like, whoa, a wave yes. of drag queens that were born, which is great. Don't get me wrong, but it's just a little bit harder to get noticed. 
that's so funny because the first time that I was in drag, I met my now drag mother. It mm-hmm. was uh, like a beautiful moment that we had. Like, oh, that was my first time out. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You don't know like what can happen. Like you could go out there and there could be a casting director of something or and they could just say, oh, you're beautiful. Here's my card or something. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I love your look or it could be anything. You could meet your future husband. <laughs> I don't know, like whatever, like it could be anything. So it's like, just get out there. You're not going to get a booking in your bedroom. I mean, you may, but it's more satisfactory to go out there, show your face and get a booking that way than having, having to ask someone over direct message. Yeah. It's a lot more effective if you go out there in person. Yes. How was yes. your first time out in drag in public? So my first time out in drag. Okay. So the reason I'm saying this is because I didn't go out in drag and get a booking. I was asked over the internet to get a booking and I'm saying to do the opposite because it's so much easier and it's less scarier and you get to put your name out there. I got the booking and that was like my first time out in drag. So I did not feel comfortable. I felt pretty and everything and whatever. I liked the product that I was delivering, but it would have been a lot easier if I would have went out first and drag and then got the booking. So my first time I got that booking, I went out, I had to get everything together, rush and put a look together and it was a little stressful. <laughs> so that's why I'm giving the advice to do the opposite of what I did. Yes, that way you know what to expect, right? That yes. way you have an idea of like how long is it going to take for you to get ready? Yes. You yes. know, if you're going to be comfortable in heels all night. All yeah, of everything. That. And also like, obviously made sure like through when, when I was painting in college and at home and everything, like I knew my face was fine. I knew that was fine, but I didn't expect there to be so much more to drag. Not only the comfortability of what you're wearing, but also being comfortable talking to people, being able to last during a four minute mix. My first show, I'm like, oh, I form this song all the time at home. This is great. I love and it. My and my slippers. Do it, and do my slippers, <laughs> but doing it in front of people for the first time, my first time wearing a wig, it was a lot. So it was like, I definitely recommend going out, getting those jitters out first, just walking around being a woman and then... <laughs> getting a booking a woman a man a creature whatever you decide yeah whatever to be. you whatever feel your you fantasy. want to be feel your fan mine was feeling like a woman so i was like i want to i should have done that first and then got the booking but yeah my first time was a show <laughs> my fantasy was looking like a whore but i already was a whore before that so it made yes. things a little bit easier <laughs> yeah and my whole drag is like that my whole drag is being like sex positive and like if you're a whore then like so like what who cares like that's the best part of it and I mean that's what I thought I was serving but also I had my friends coming up to me and it was a lot so I wasn't feeling glamorous (laughs) my first time (laughs) which is fine you know sometimes you have to be okay with the idea of like not being at your best the first time exactly and I think there's this idea that oh a lot of people go out in their first time and it's amazing and you had a life-changing experience. It's like, no, that was exhausting. That was tired. <laughs> and I have so many notes for myself that I want to change. Like, don't wear heels that high next time. Like, work your way up a little. And maybe the corset doesn't need to be that tight when you're performing. So definitely it was a, a shocker for me. <laughs> I love that you're grounded because a lot of new performers are definitely not. They were like, that was great. And then exactly, from an audience perspective, yes. it was like, probably could use some work. But it's it's better if you are able to see that and recognize that. 
Yes. And I, I'm a designer. That's my day job. I work as a senior designer. So I'm, I'm always critiquing my work. But from, like you said, a grounded point of view, it's not like, oh, you were horrible. I'm saying these are the notes for next time. And that's what I did with drag. It's like, let me take my first photos and drag and then I'll go into Photoshop, change some things around and do that next time. So I was able to take notes for myself and make it better every time. If you could change one thing or improve one thing of the drag scene in your community, what would mm-hmm. that be? I think I would want to change the community more. I would want the queens to work together more and we don't do any cast shows. So I would want that to change. I think we need to come together and once a month do a Long Island Diva show or something like just something that we could all work together and show off all the amazing talents of Long Island. Cause we, we go off, I do my thing with my partner, Ivy stalls. I, we do our shows, other Queens do their things or they'll do solo shows. And it's like, we, are kind of working against each other sometimes. So I I would love for us to be more of a community. Yeah, I feel like that is the same feeling in a lot of places. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of the times, especially in very competitive drag scenes, it's very that, like working against each other. And that's not the case. It shouldn't be like that, at least not in my fantasy. I know. And it's like, we have to get these gigs ourselves. Like, I mean, the bars come to us sometimes and say we want to do something. and But they they don't know the difference between me and another queen sometimes like they'll like they have no idea until we get there and really show them who we are they kind of don't know what the difference is in the product so sometimes they'll go to a queen a queen and get a different product and it's not what they wanted and then we try to get in there and they're like oh no we did a drag show once in a blue moon and it's not really what we wanted so I think if we came together and really showcased our talents sometime and showcased who we are and our personalities, I think that would be beneficial to our community. I love that. And I love a diverse drag show. I love when you sit down and see all kinds of drag, like glamour, and then you see camp, and then you see all the splits, and then you see some gore. That's my favorite type of show. Yeah. And it's also like a little portfolio. This is Queen A, and this is what she does. She's a live singer. If you want a live singer at your wedding here you saw her but it's not what i'm gonna give you you don't want me singing so (laughs) don't ask me to do your wedding and sing like i said it'll be helpful all around if we come together as a community yeah if i could change something from the drag scene over here is probably to open more doors Mm -hmm. for everybody because i feel like at least in the la drag scene there's little cities that are very close by so you have long beach and then a couple miles away there's downtown la and then there's west hollywood and orange county and they're all within driving distance but i feel like the queens that perform at one spot they're always there it's not very common to see queens that are in this bar in orange county in west hollywood or vice versa which I guess it's, you know, for convenience, right? But I would love to see that more, you know, a lot more of a shifting, have all kinds of queens and kings perform everywhere. You know, I feel like that would add just to the experience of the audience. I mean, I was going to ask you about that. It's so interesting to me that it's by, like you said, by city or it's all separated. And Long Island, it's not like that. We're just one long island. So I (laughs) wanted to ask you, like, it's probably a little intimidating going into these new counties or cities and being like hey like this is me like let's do a show or like I'm a guest like it's kind of it's not your home turf 
you know, it is a little like, like the first time kind yeah. of only it's you the know, first time all better. the time <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes yeah it's the first time all the time every time you go into a new city <laughs> It is. It's different. The other day I went to WeHo for a little competition. Mm-hmm. I was nervous. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I like, what am I supposed to expect here? But it went fine. It went great. Everyone was super sweet. I just have to remind yourself that drag queens are not all bitches, you know? Like, yes. everyone's yeah. really nice. Everyone's so willing to meet you, to talk to you. Definitely. And I mean, like, I look at the LA scene, especially when I first started, and I was like, it's a little intimidating. And they kind of do look a little bitchy. Then when I start painting bitchy, I'm like, oh, we all just paint that way. Like, it's something. <laughs> it's just the it's eyebrows. Just, it's just the eyebrows. It is what it is. You also mentioned that you are a married woman. Yes. Oh, my God. I, I love that. Yes. We got married in December of 2021. So fresh. Nice and fresh. Oh, my God. Still in the honeymoon phase? Yeah. <laughs> still, still in the honeymoon phase. No, no. I mean, we've known I, each other before getting married for it's, it was going on seven years. So I met him right at my senior year of college. And we kind of just clicked and fell in love. Oh, a little love And then story. I told him, yeah, I want to do drag, too. So he kind of was forced to come along with the ride. And he has been supportive ever since. And he has just come with me to all my shows. And then he saw that the DJs kind of sucked at those first couple shows, like really sucked at those shows. They don't know how to do a drag show. They just know how to play music. So it's a lot different DJing and playing music for a drag show. So he was like, let me just take over and be your DJ. And I don't have to pay him as much as I would a normal teacher. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, um, I'll just another form of payment. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, <laughs> literally, literally. No, I mean, he's been supportive. So like, not just someone to carry my bags. He also is like my little creative director as well. He'll tell me what looks good. And sometimes I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. And we argue. <laughs> but he definitely helps me conceptualize looks. And I'm like, he's really good with pop culture and references i'm not the best at that and remembering things like that so he helps me come up with great ideas and all that stuff oh i love a drag husband i know i know and a lot i see a lot of drag husbands that are just or boyfriends or husbands whatever that are the bag carriers or they kind of just sit there at the bar but he's just in it he's kind of like my showrunner he's my manager he's my creative director he's everything i love it (laughs) oh that's so cute and because you're right a lot of drag partners are very much like you know i'll carry the bag i'll swipe the credit card (laughs) but i love an engaged one i also happen to be married Uh, we've been married for like what Mm, three years three years oh wow (laughs) and you beat me (laughs) i mean yeah (laughs) <laughs> but it, it's been fun too because he's also very engaged oh yeah i make him be engaged so i'm yeah. always asking feedback he's super honest super straightforward even with myself he will tell me the things like they are if something is a bad idea he will straight up say this is trash mama <laughs> and yeah, i like I... that i mean kind of have to like compartmentalize compartmentalize mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that aspect because i know that he's saying it because it's in the best interest Yes. He, he's amazing as we speak he's working on some of my projects oh, um, honestly so i can't i can't ask for anything more going off that compartmentalizing it's like yeah i get offended sometimes because it's my art it's my baby and i'm like you're not a drag queen but i have to remember that he's the audience he's what sees it 
So he has a better perspective. If I didn't have him, which a lot of queens don't have their person, they kind of just have to go out blindly. And I mean, I think if it wasn't for him, my drag wouldn't have elevated as quickly as it did. Because yeah. you're, you're right. In our fantasy, in our head, it all <laughs> yes. makes sense. It all clicks. Yes. It's all perfect. But then when we put it out there, it's like, oh, it didn't. <laughs> it, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't go perfect. It didn't look perfect. There's these little nuances that we missed. And it's like, we need that person that partner to really help us and guide us yeah so if you don't have a partner get yourself a friend get yourself somebody that's a hundred percent honest that's gonna tell it like it is yes and be willing to take the feedback do not be so offended it is not that serious like you're you will get over it trust me and it's it will help you in the long run to be able to take a critique it's not that serious. It's drag. It's literally drag. It's supposed and to I not mean, be very serious. <laughs> yeah. And yes, it pays our bills and it helps us like pay rent and eat sometimes and well, all the time. And it's yeah, it is serious in that sense. But it's not serious as far as your your look and things like that. And that's the most important part is your look, your performance, how you act out there. And if you can't change that, then you will not be able to pay rent. <laughs> Start taking feedback. Well, <laughs> If it's coming from somebody trustworthy, yes, take it. But don't take the feedback of the drunk twink at 2 a.m. Yes. outside of the bar. Like, no, their exactly. feedback you can brush off. But somebody that's meaningful, that's there for you, please take that. Exactly. And I think that's, like you said, if you can't find a partner, find a best friend or someone that really cares, um, a family member, or if you have, like, a cousin that wants to come to your anyone, just anyone. Any, and if they don't say anything, you could also ask them, too. And I think that's where you're going to get really great feedback absolutely yes but i'm all i'm very grateful for my husband but yeah now he's my business partner <laughs> <laughs> husband slash business partner yes now no, he's forced same. to come to the show <laughs> honestly same i always say that my husband's like my manager slash assistant yeah and i need him to be able to sound good too so he sets up the mics and all the equipment <laughs> very important very important what would you like for the long island scene to be in let's say two years two years i would definitely think a gay bar needs to open i don't know what or how or when but something needs to happen like i said there's one small gay bar that only has a jukebox there's no room for a dj there's no performance room or like any of that for drag so i think a gay bar needs to open that showcases drag and showcases different events every month and i think from that more shows need to happen more queer-based shows need to happen. <laughs> These straight venues are great. They pay great. But I need gay people in my life. <laughs> I need to perform for more gay people. That's just, I'm sorry. Like, it just needs to happen. And I really want Long Island to become gay again. <laughs> to yesify yeah. the Long Island scene. Yes, yeah. Like, my goal in drag was to make Long Island queer again. That's what I said. That's one of my goals when I first started. Make Long Island queer again. And I kind of did that with the drag competition that I started that. That was an ongoing thing for three years. That stopped, obviously, because I started to focus on my my career, my shows. And now I really want their the venues to kind of open. So I got the queens going. Now maybe I'll start getting the venues going. <laughs> yeah, so one step at a time. Also, if you put Make Long Island Queer again in a cap, <laughs> I know, I know. No, I mean, it, it It sounds so stupid, but it's like it really needs to be queer again. Like we need more queer spaces, more safe spaces. There's a couple parties that pop up here and there, but they nothing hold, nothing sticks. And it, the old party promoters that try to do things 
like it was 20 years ago. And it's like, everything's different now. So we need to really reinvent it and make it happen again. I am 100% behind you on that one because performing for straight people, yes, it's great. And it does pay the bills, not going to lie. But yes. it's just a different <laughs> feeling when you're performing for queer people. Um, they get yes. the references that you were talking yeah. about. They are just like a different sort of like energy. Energy, yeah. Yes, it's so yes. different. Yeah, they care more about the details. They care that you have nails on. They care that your hair is combed this way instead of that way. Like, they care. That's what I miss. The people who care, not just to be drunk and wave a dollar in your face and don't even know what you're referencing. Like, they don't particularly like that, but it does pay the bills. So, you gotta you do it. You know what? I was once talking to, I was at a gig. And I was talking to one of my friends there the night before they had a show at this venue. And I asked them, hey, how did the show went? And she goes, well, it's this venue. And in this venue, they don't want drag. They want a man in a wig. So I gave him a man in a wig and I made tons of money. And I'm like, that is so sad, but also so true. So So true. true. So true. And it's like, they don't like... I hate saying they like they're like the most horrible people in the world, but it's just like they don't care about the details or they don't they like I said, they don't know the difference between Queen A, B and C. So it's like you could put anything really up there. Obviously, by the end of the show, they'll see the difference in who can host and who cannot host or that was a horrible show. But throughout the show, like you said, it's a different energy performing for queer people. <laughs> it is. And mind you, straight people keep coming to drag shows. Yes. <laughs> please yes. do. Yes. But... And bring your hard-earned paychecks, please. Yes, please. please. Bring yours to your many, your hundreds. Yes, But please. also, maybe if you have a gay friend, ask them, you know, what are the right things to do at a drag show? You know, there's uh-huh. almost every day I see on my TikTok videos of, like, people standing up and wanting mm-hmm. to interrupt or having their moment. I'm like, no, it's not the time, baby. Please, if you're coming to a drag show, at least learn etiquette. I know. And I also tell them at the end that when we're doing photos and things like that, meet and great, I always say, did you have a good time? Thank you for coming and blah, blah, blah bring more gay people, bring gay people. I always tell them that like, it'll be a a six year old woman. And I'm like, please bring more gay people. She's like, okay, okay. And the next time they'll bring like their son or their cousin or someone that is queer. (laughs) And I'm like, thank God, like, even if it's just one person in the audience, it's like, that's who I'm connecting to for that night. There could be a hundred people in a room and it takes only one faggot (laughs) yeah literally literally no it's true it's like i will connect with you during that show you we're on the same level that's why i like it listen i'm gonna give you a little business idea and you can run it with it or 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 brush it off maybe maybe you can give on your events if you bring a queer person you get 50 percent off (laughs) <laughs> oh, there we go. Off the ticket price, or you get a yes. free bingo board, or you get a free bingo board. <laughs> exactly. Hey, yes. I'm just tossing ideas out here. <laughs> you never know. You never know. I like that. We've talked about the drag scene a lot. I want to get to know a little bit more about you. Oh, before okay. I move into this, have you ever had a bad experience with like a straight Patreon at a show? Maybe like they try to pull your hair, you know, or there was the upset boyfriend that's dragged into the show. Have you ever had any of that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes. And yes. For example, one time with my business partner, Ivy Stalls, someone pulled her wig off. A drunk woman got up. They were dancing together. And we always say in the beginning of our shows, keep your arms and hands inside the vehicle at all times. We may touch you and with consent and you can touch us back in certain places, but her hands just started traveling up towards the back of the wig when they were dancing together and it pulled right off. 
oh, uh, not pulled. She she yanked it off, and a wig is glued and pinned on. So she had to really pull, and it was a moment when we that was the first time it happened, and we had to kind of just really step back for a second on the mic and think how we're going to handle this. Um, recently, last week we were doing an audience game, which is audience participation, but we kind of go out and pick out who we want, who's not shy. One person would not take no for an answer, got up there and we were like, no, we have enough people like this. We can't have more than this amount of people. We'll get you the next game or whatever. We'll figure it out. Would not take no for an answer, was drunk, was saying, and then started cursing and telling us blah, 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 blah. I had to have security physically remove them out because I'm all for a great time, but you're not going to put my safety at risk. You're not going to put the other people's safety at risk. This is a dancing competition game that we're doing. We're all going at the same time. It's crowded. We, we only need this certain amount of people. And I'm not going to tell the well-behaved person to go sit down. I'm going to tell the bad behaved person to sit down Yeah, and they would not take no for an answer and cursing, grabbing the mic for me. And I just had to have security remove them. So yes, I've had those moments. You really have to take a step back and breathe. Cause I'm like, you want to see me go off. You want to see me pop off. Don't you, but I don't want to do that. So you have to really think about it. Oh my God, that is buck wild. Not the entire yes. wig yanked off a queen. Oh, I'd and be it was so like, pissed. And my partner, especially, she's not trying to convince anyone she's a woman. Like, it's just, she's doing drag for drag. And it's like, she loves performing. And we're not like, oh my God, it's a man. It's not, that's not what I'm getting at. It's like the respect level and putting your hands where they're not supposed to be. Yeah, we can dance together and we can have fun. But you actually yanking it off and having to put some force into yanking a wig off someone where the whole, like, everything comes off, that's kind of aggressive and violent. And disrespectful. <laughs> and, and a little bit of assault, too. So it was like everyone kind of was just flabbergasted. I had to kind of take control because I could see she was in distress. And that's my friend, too. That's not just my business partner. It's my friend. So I had to just kind of take control of the situation de-escalate it and have her removed the lady so girl girl yeah oh, yeah God. it's like do you stop the track do you like do you, what do you do do you mm -hmm. and luckily my husband's my dj so i'm like cut the music now like we have to figure this out again if they had other type of dancers at the venue you wouldn't just go onto them and yank their hair or pull their costume right yes. it's this idea of like oh this is some sort of like free-for-all kind of entertainment that is going on that needs to change uh -huh. exactly and also liquid courage doesn't help or whatever else they're doing does not help they also think it's their world and no one else's so you have to kind of remind them that it's not so now we have a we made a little intro for our shows. It's kind of like an audio intro that kind of introduces us before we come out. And we tell them, keep your arms and hands inside the vehicle, blah, blah, blah. We're going to say things. If you don't like it, the exit is there and there. We give a little disclaimer because you just have to. You have to, which is crazy. Yep. I go over those like kind of like game rules or whatever every time I host a show too. Like, hey, you know, tip your entertainers, don't touch yep. us, whatever. But somebody always manages to be on their phones <laughs> during that time. It's crazy. I know. I know. And that's the thing with the straight audience. It's like you have to remind them because some of them have never, ever been in a space like this, ever. They've never seen a drag queen. 
they've never done any of this. And it's like, as queer people, we had ample amount of time to learn this and learn the rules. And some of us obviously don't, but we have opportunities. They don't really care to have those opportunities. And this is their first time experiencing that. So you have to remind them constantly that they cannot be an asshole. (laughs) And that's, again, the benefit of having a queer person with you, because I'm assuming if you have a gay person with you, they're not going to let you. They're going to exactly. be like, girl, stop right there. Or, or gonna... you'll see you'll see them like their their straight friend will get up and they're like, no, sit down. Like, this is not how we do this. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll see that while you're performing. And luckily, like I said, I have a business partner. I have my little team, my DJ. So we know how to handle those situations. He knows what to do. My business partner knows what to do. So we could kind of smoothly get ourselves out of these horrible situations without ruining the vibe of a show. Yeah. But I mean, it does happen. So... It happens. That's why you have to bring your gay friends to brunch and get 50% yes. off. <laughs> and learn how to act. Please learn how to act. Just have some manners. I would rather you sit in that seat and just wave your finger and behave. You just don't even get out of the seat. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Or just scream. Yeah. Or clap. Whatever. Yeah, you but don't, not that. yeah. And we have intermissions during our show. So we give people time to dance because I know they want to get up and dance and I know they want to have fun. So we let them do that, but then it comes to the point where that intermission, they carry that throughout the rest of the show, and they think it's intermission all the time. So definitely have to check them. Now let's go into you. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. I don't think I asked you, how long have you been doing drag? So I've been doing drag since 2016. So that's a long time. What is that? Six, six years? years? Yeah. Yep, six years. Six years, yes. Nice. That's that's a yes. long time. I know. And it wasn't always like, it was kind of once every other month. It wasn't constant for six years. So it doesn't feel like six years because it was very sporadic in the beginning. No, I feel you. When was that moment when you started taking drag a lot more serious and to make it your business? Was it when you moved to Long Island? That's when I first really started drag when I moved to Long Island, but really taking it serious was, or was when I started that drag competition. So that was like a year into drag. I really started to see that I could turn this into a profit. (laughs) And I know it's not all about money, but it also was like building my name and getting my name out there. I really started to see people recognize who I was and starting to book me for other things. So that's when I really took it serious a year into it. I was like, this is something I can do seriously and also have fun. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really fun job. It's a really fun job. But as a disclaimer for anyone listening, it does take a while for you to build yourself up enough to start making money. At least that wasn't my experience. It wasn't until like maybe like my second year that I Mm -hmm. was like, oh, okay, like now I'm actually making money because I've spent all this time making costumes, putting mixes together that I can just go back and I don't have to invest as heavily as in the beginning. Yes. And I think that's the big thing. It's like you invest a lot in the beginning, a lot in the beginning. And when you start to learn how to cut corners and really like get a good wardrobe going and how to preserve hair and how to preserve jewelry and things like that, that's when you're like, oh, I am taking this serious now. Like I'm not just throwing my shit in a corner. I'm like making it nice when I come home. I'm cleaning my lace, cleaning my tights. I don't have to spend $70 on new tights every time I get a drag. (laughs) Like that's when I started taking it serious, when I started really learning how to take care of my drag. And like I said, that was a year in and 
I really put the time and effort into my looks and things like that. Nice. And yes. that was before. What does the future hold for Sin? Or what are some of your short-term goals? And what is your ultimate goal for your drag? I'll start with the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal for my drag is to really dive into the artistry part of it more. I really want to start getting into a more artistic approach to drag. I'm a designer by trade. I went to art school and I really want to start doing larger projects that mean something and not just shows. Yes, I love performing for people and hosting and doing all that, but that just comes with the nature of drag. Like that's going to happen regardless. I really want to start getting into bigger drag projects and I would love to do um, acting jobs. That's something I'm really in interested in. I would love to get into comedy and all of those things. I have some smaller goals where I want to start going into comedy workshops and getting my name out there doing hosting things and all of that stuff. So yeah, I have a mix of smaller and bigger goals, but definitely as a bigger goal, being more artistic. I think that's really what I want to do. And I don't know if that includes doing video shoots, doing magazine shoots. I don't know what that includes, but I really want to start doing that. It's really fun that you mentioned it because in my opinion, there's like two aspects of drag. And sometimes they collide, sometimes they live separately, which is the mm -hmm. artistry of it and the business of it. Because yes. some numbers and some performances are going to make you a lot more money than others. And that's just mm -hmm. what it is. A top mm -hmm. 40 song, classic pride song is going to make you more money. That's something that maybe has a lot more thought behind it or that means something or that has a particular reference. So it's really interesting that you want to dive more into that. Yes. And I really... I love the idea of even sticking with performance and doing more meaningful performances that are kind of like art pieces in themselves. I've always been interested in that in school and I would love for that to be a bigger goal of mine, start getting back into the, the artistic side of drag and less commercial. Even I would love to put on a show of dr anything drag in between, not just drag queens doing numbers. It could be anything anything any artistic express queer artistic expression and i think that's even an art piece in itself and maybe it makes no money so what i would love it just to mean something also something that i want to see myself getting into is fundraising i'm big into fundraising i fundraise for a lot of companies here on long island and mixing the artistic side of it with fundraising i think that's something that i would love to achieve It's funny that you mentioned that variety show because my drag mom used to have a, some sort of variety show. It was mm -hmm. the opening act for a show full of Rue girls. Mm -hmm. So she had drag kings, she had burlesque dancers, she had the queens of all kinds of spectrum. And it made really good money. <laughs> I mean, every time mm -hmm. that I was booked there, I would make a lot of money. So I think that it is possible to have, a, like, you know, sometimes these two worlds of drag collide. Yes. I just love the idea of everyone coming together and showing off the craziness. I love that. And like I said, if it makes no money, it makes no money, but, or we raise money for a foundation or something like that. I just love the idea of being able to express yourself and also help other people along the way. I love that. So I that's a long-term goal. Sin, we're almost out of time, but anything that you would like at the death, the death or the death. <laughs> yes, that. yes, it's, it's been a long day. <laughs> it is, but we're almost out of time. Is there anything you want to promote? Um, yeah, I would love, I mean, if there's any Long Islanders listening, hopefully there is, I would love to promote my monthly show at 
the Village Tavern in Long Beach. Um, it's a brand new monthly show. Uh, if you are queer, please come out and support the queens. Um, we see when you're not coming out. So come out and support. Um, and also follow me on Instagram at that queen sin, S-Y-N. Wait, I'm like, Long Beach? I'm like, I'm in Long Beach, but I no, just remember not, this Long Beach East Coast. Yeah, and the, Oh my gosh, I was that like, Long Beach. <laughs> nope, I'm not, I'm not there, I promise. I mean, you need to come over here. Yeah, I would love that. I would love some nice weather, too. <laughs> so if I you're and your partner ever want to come, we have a lot of carpet. <laughs> we have a lot of couch. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. We could do that. We could do carpet. Yes. We could do couch. My dog is wild, and he'll probably try to kill you, but that's fine. Oh, I have three dogs and three cats, two pit bulls and a chihuahua. So I know about wild dogs. <laughs> I mean, I love I love animals. We do fundraisers for animal shelters and rescues. That's like one of my big things. So I love animals. So we'll come out. We'll spend time with your dog. <laughs> yes, please do. Yes. This was so much fun. I really enjoyed you. Thank you so much. No, this is great. This is my first podcast ever. I love listening to podcasts. I listen to podcasts more than I listen to music now, which is crazy. So thank you for having me. I'm excited to see where this podcast goes. And I love it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm super excited too. It's been crazy work, but I've been enjoying it so much. So much. Because I'm also a podcast kind of a doll. So mm -hmm. I, I listen to them while I'm sewing or while yes. I'm working. And I like that. Well, I like my episodes to be like maybe 45 minutes maximum because that's my attention span. That's what I how yeah. long I can do things for. So if I'm yeah. sewing, I do like 45 minutes work and then 15 break and so on. So I'm like, no, it's nice. Yeah, I love that. And I love that your podcast specifically, it's yes, it's about drag, but it's also really highlighting the personality of the the queen or king whoever it is i really love that aspect and it's not just a quick interview and then talking about something else it's really highlighting the personality of the performer and i love that that's what i'm trying to do because let's be real there's a million podcasts out there about rupaul's drag race yes. a million a million and yes. maybe there's one or two about local entertainers and i'm like what about us we need our exactly. moment and, and even some, the one someday maybe you will be a huge celebrity and you'll want to have us on your podcast <laughs> exactly and even the one is about the the rue girls they don't even really get into like the lives that like it's they it's a quick format so they kind of have to be quick and it's the same questions over and over and over again it's like i really want to know the personality of these people that's the fun part the inner workings of their minds or a lot so of the times I, it's just about drag race. Like, oh, was it true yes. that in that episode that, you know, and I'm yeah. like, I don't care about that. When I, yeah. when I have my drag race guests, which I'm, I will have one day, mm -hmm. um, I want to stay away from drag race as much as I can. I'm like, I don't give a fuck what happened on the show. What is everything that built up to the show and how's it been since? Yeah, no, that's the great part. The, the behind the scenes and the inner workings of their brain. I love that part. That's the best part. Thank you for listening to 100 Steps to Drag. If you like my podcast, please leave me a review. If you didn't like it, um, you can keep that for yourself. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye!